Grace and your mercy to us. We've heard a testimony today from Bill of how you got his attention through your word and how you changed his life and how you made him a part of a church where he could serve you and reach out to those around him. And we're thankful today that as we read this scripture, you, you tell us about faith and how you intervene and enter the lives of people. So I ask you to help us understand that in these next few moments. We give you this time in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to do three of these for you. I want to talk about the leper just a moment. I want to talk about the centurion for just a moment. And then I want to talk about Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. All of them represent a different kind of faith. And that's what I'd like for you to catch today. Three different kinds of faith. So you start with what I'm just going to call me faith. Me faith. You know, the, the faith that's just focused on me. Like kind of like what Bill was doing when he looked up into the heavens and said, God, if you're there, I've never talked to you. I don't know you, but answer me. Me faith. It's just centered on me. We looked at that scripture last week and you got to remember the guy's a leper. So I don't know how bad it was for him. I don't know how many sores he had. I don't know what his condition was, but everyone knew he was a leper. That's why he doesn't have a name. He just has a label in the scripture. But here he is with, with whatever sores he has. He walks up to Jesus and he says, if you will, you can make me whole. It's pretty staggering, right? Can you imagine walking up to anybody and telling them about your disease and saying, if you will, you can heal me? That's what happened. The leper walked up to what looked like a man. He just looks like a man. He just looks like any normal guy. But the leper had faith to understand this is not just any man. He's someone else. Because this is in, again, it's Matthew chapter 8. We've had 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. So he's, he's perhaps heard. He's heard about Jesus. He's heard some, maybe some of the teachings of Jesus. He knows there's more to this guy than just what appears. And he says, if you will, you can make me whole staggering kind of faith, but it is a me faith. He knows he has a problem and he brings it to Jesus. Have you been there? When you know you're the one with the problem when you know you're the one whose life's messed up and you realize that only Jesus can fix what's wrong with me. Now, I know some of you are fixers, right? You are fixers. You have a problem. You try to take care of it. You've learned how to how to deal with it. You've uh, developed your skills. You've developed your resources. You are a fixer. That's just what I call you. you. You take care of problems. But at some point, you run out of your ability, right? At some point, you reach a problem that's bigger than what you have. And when you don't have the resources and when you don't have the way and you can't think of an out, what do you do? Well, if you're a person like this guy, you take it to Jesus. Let me say it this way. I would like for you to know it in your mind that he loves you because you may feel it and you may not, but you need to know it in your mind. You need to know that he loves you. We've got some some children in here and we had some children leave. Aren't the children fun? They're so much fun. Now, sometimes one of these little creatures comes up to me at church and they start talking to me. I don't really understand. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of out of it. You know, mine are, mine are older, and so I don't understand the words. So I see their face, and I listen to the sounds, and I just agree with whatever they say, right? It's fun. It's good. I just, whatever they're saying, it, it must be okay because they're little, right? And I like that. And, but I don't have to understand it all. I don't have to know it. 
And, and that's what I'm trying to say to you, because you could be here today and you know you got a problem. You say, I don't even know how to talk to God. I, I don't even know what prayer would be. How, how do you pray? I'm just saying you just start. All of us are like children to him. All of us. And whatever words you use, whatever comes out, whatever you're able to in your mind or with your voice communicate to God, it's just like a little child talking to you. You, you hear it. You accept it. You take it for what it is. God will accept what you're trying to communicate because he hears and he knows your heart. So know in your mind that he loves you, even if you don't know how to talk to him just right. Or, or let me say it this way. Let's say that one of my children um, gets mad with me, which, by the way, that's happened a lot. So they get mad with me and, uh, and they decide I'm not talking to you for a while. Just not going to do it. OK, does that change what I think about them? Does it change how I feel about them? And see, all the parents in the room, you're like, nope, not at all. And you might even be happy if they're quiet for a while, right? That's how parents are, shh, just a little bit. That's what I'm trying to say. You can get mad with God. You can get angry with God. You can, you can decide, you know, I'm not talking to you. I don't know what you're doing, but you're not helping me. And, and whatever you think, whatever you feel about God, it doesn't change what he thinks about you. And it doesn't change what he feels about you. It doesn't change the way he relates to you. Or how about this one? And, and you may have had somebody in your life, they get, they get a brain disease, you know, and their brain starts to deteriorate. And over time, um, they don't remember people anymore you know and if you've ever had anybody in your life like that you know what i'm talking about it's just a it's a painful difficult time when someone you know and love all of a sudden they don't really know you anymore okay but did that ever change how you thought about them or how much you love them or how you feel about them no then change anything on your side even if they don't have the ability to remember anymore and again, that's what I'm trying to say to you. You can try to forget about God. You, you might actually reach a point in your mind where you can't even talk to God anymore, but it won't change God at all. It won't change the way he thinks of you or he feels about you. It won't change the fact that he loves you even if you can't speak to him anymore. Your salvation, the fact that you have a home in heaven, has never depended upon you. It's always depended upon him. It's his ability, his love, his grace. So if you've got a me kind of faith, that's all right. Everyone needs a me kind of faith at times. Now, here's what I know from the Bible. And, you know, some of you are in here, you're the Wednesday night crowd, and we've been doing Revelation, right? And we're getting over toward the end. And over at the end of Revelation, there is something called the great white throne. Sounds scary? You just wait till you see it. It'll be a little bit scary. Just, to, just imagine, and this is what I try to do. I try to imagine a throne that's so big, I can't even see the top of it. That's what I try to imagine. Like it starts on earth and it goes up into the sky. It is so big, I, I can't even see the top. It is so imposing. That's what I try to imagine. It's bright white. Um, you want to think of it as solid, but I think of it like light. And it's just this massive light-filled light flowing through it, this huge throne. And, and you can say God's on his throne, but in the Bible, they always say, I saw one on the throne. They never say I saw God. They say I saw one on the throne. Now, what the scripture teaches in Revelation is that at some point, everyone's there. Everyone, every person that's ever lived gets to stand before the throne. 
I imagine that we get to stand there one at a time. I mean, there's going to be a crowd. It's going to be big. You know, everybody's there. But one at a time, we all get our, our time. We all get our accountability. We all, we all have our place where we personally stand before God. Is that scary yet? Okay. When you get there, the, me faith is what matters. Because there's only going to be one thing that you really care about. When, when you see that throne and you recognize that's God on his throne and it's your turn and you stand before God, the only thing that will matter is, does he know me? That's me faith right there. Does he know me? So if you're here today and you know him, you talk to him. You try to pray. You do the best you can. You, you try to talk to him now. And every once in a while, he speaks to you in a way that you just know it's him. I mean, it's not every day. It's not, you know, so much that you just get used to it. But, but when he speaks to you, you just, you know that's God. And you've already started that relationship. And I realize that, you know, some, some of you here today, you might be thinking, I hear what you're saying, but that's so strange to me. That's not me. And, and what I'd say to you is just listen. Just listen, because I can't make you believe. I can't give you faith. I can't take it from me and put it inside of you. It has to be something that God does. He does it in you. He does it for you. And when he does, you believe. That's me, faith. All right, let me get to the next one. It's you, faith. Not me, faith, but you, faith. And it's the centurion. He's the guy that's our example. Because the centurion is not asking anything for himself. He's asking for someone else. So if you imagine him in the gap, he's got someone over here with a problem. He's got someone over here he thinks can deal with it. And he's in the middle here and he's asking for this guy to this one. He is what we call it in the Bible is interceding for them. He's standing in the gap between God and man. And that's the kind of thing he's doing. That's the kind of we'll just call it prayer that he's praying. He is interceding. And intercession, interceding, is one of the most beautiful forms of prayer. It's one of the most beautiful forms of faith. It's when you stand between God and another person and pray on their behalf. Can you hear that? That's intercession. In, in its biggest, greatest form, it's what Jesus did on the cross, right? So Jesus goes to the cross. I can't put both arms out. I got a mic. But Jesus is on the cross. His arms are extended. He's nailed to that cross. And in that moment, the whole world is between him and the father. And the cross makes that connection. So Jesus interceded for us. And in its greatest form, that's what he did. And then he calls you to do the same kind of thing. And you do it primarily in prayer. I would like you to know this as a church okay you'll hear this from me over and over again i'm going to remind you in a dozen different ways but here's what i want you to know especially because you know we're just early on in what we're doing we're just in the first few weeks this is what i need you to know intercession is the engine of the church it's the engine of the church. I would love for all of you to go out. You're going to see people. You're going to talk to people. You're going to say, hey, come to church with me next week. You know, we have food, bribe them, whatever you do. So just, just come with me. So do that, okay? But there's more to it than that. Intercession is the engine that drives it all. It is when you are praying for other people, when you're praying for them by name, when you're calling them and their needs out to God and you're asking God to help them. That's when you that's when you stand in the gap between that person and God and God begins to work. Now, could God do that without you? 
Sure he could. Absolutely he could. But this is what I'm telling you. He chooses to do it through you. He chooses to do it in you. He wants to involve you in what he's doing. So he's going to call you to pray for people. He's going to lead you to people. He's going to bring people to you. And when he does, that's it. And you just lock in and you start praying. There'll be time to talk. There'll be time to invite. But don't leave the prayer side out of it. That's the you faith. You've already prayed about yourself. You've done the me thing. Now do the you thing and pray for them. told you about this a while back, but let me remind you of it today. Many years ago, a number of years ago, I went and served in a church for about four or five months, just filling in for them while they were looking for a pastor. And I met a guy named Ricky Herring. And Ricky and I just kind of hit it off, you know. And I went back last year to that church. to They were having a homecoming, and I went back to preach. And there was Ricky doing the same thing he always does. He got up and he did announcements, you know, and he led in prayer and then he took his seat and everything went on. And when it was all over and we were eating and that kind of thing, he came up to me and he said, he said, Taylor, I want you to know something. He said, I've prayed for you every night for the last 13 years. I hadn't seen him. Like I hadn't laid eyes on this guy in a decade. But every night... He prays for me. I cannot tell you what that means to me. Because every once in a while, it's like God will let you know something. And, and, and the fact that, that God would impress upon this man to remember me and to pray for me, even though he's not going to see me, even though I'm not coming back to be his pastor, even though it's been years, he was still... He still had that in him to want to do that and kept praying for me all that time. I have to believe that's something that, that God wanted. And again, can God work in my life without Ricky Herring? Sure. But God chooses to do it with him, through him. So you know, last night he was praying for me. Before I came here to see you, before we did any of this today, I know last night Ricky went out on his front porch, sat there in his rocking chair like he always does, and he prayed. And somewhere in that prayer, he prayed for me. That is a blessing. That is a man that I know intercedes on my behalf and has done so for years. It is the engine that drives the church. When God puts it in your mind, he brings someone to you, you pray for them every day. Pray for them all day if you need to, but just keep praying for them because that spiritual component is what makes it all work. The centurion is your example. He knows this person has a need, and here's Jesus, he can meet it, and he stands in the gap and he pleads for them. All right, let's do the last one. So there's me faith, there's you faith, and I call the last one surprise faith. Surprise faith. And surprise faith, I'm, I'm using the example of Peter's mother-in-law because she's sick. And, and we read the text a moment ago. Nowhere in this text does she ask for help, right? No one asks on her behalf. It's not, I mean, you don't read anything like Peter said, my, my mother-in-law's sick and you come to talk. You don't read that. She didn't ask for help. No one else is asking for help. Jesus just knows about the need and Jesus goes to her and heals her. Surprise. Surprise. So what I'd like you to know about that is, in some way, God surprises us all. You probably didn't wake up one day just thinking, oh, I think I'll figure out things with God. I need to get that straightened out. It's not really like that. Instead, he surprises you. He comes to find you. That's what we just refer to as God's mysterious grace. So today... You could have walked in here. You say, I'm here for the coffee and the bacon, right? 
I'm here for the good stuff, all right? No intention of, no intention of changing anything, no intention of, of hey, I'm going to get my life right with God today, nothing like that. It just didn't, it wasn't on your radar, it didn't cross your mind, it's just not there for you. But then you get here and then something happens, you know, it's like it's somewhere in a song or somewhere in the time of prayer or reading a scripture, something, it just happens and all of a sudden it's, you know, surprise. It's like your heart is open to God. Now, that's not me, and it's not anybody else in this room. That's how God does things. He just surprises you, and he does it completely by his choice, by his grace. It's just him. Surprise. So if that's you, just respond to him. Just say yes. And, and here's what I would say to you Christian people. You've been, you've been praying, and you know him, and, and you've followed him for some length of time, maybe years. He will keep surprising you. Like he'll continue to, to catch you and do things in your life. I mean, four months ago, would any of you thought you'd be here today? In this room? Worshiping with this group? But here we are. Surprise. Years ago, when I was a teenager, this is the way I tell the story. This, this is how I got to be where I am and doing what I do. I, only, I do this because I believe God called me to do it. That's why I do it. Okay? Not, not because you know, my mom said, hey, you'd be a good preacher. No, my mom was not even a Christian when I grew up. I don't do this because my grandmother said, boy, go be a preacher. It's a great job. No, didn't have that in my family either. I do this because there was a calling to do it. And I love to tell people about the calling for me because I was 15. I was young. And this is what I tell people. I was in bed asleep minding my own business. <laughs> minding my, I wasn't bothering God. I wasn't talking to him. I was just sleeping. And, and there was this dream. And I know people say, it was a dream. You know, you had pizza. It was just a dream. No, if it was just a dream, then it's affected my whole life. I'm 48. I was 15. My entire life has been invested in this. I don't think that was pizza. I just don't. And I don't tell the details of all of it, but I'll tell you this much of it. When I got to the end, this was it. The words of Jesus as he spoke. Go to all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them all the things that I've taught you, and I'll be with you forever. Taylor, go tell everybody you see about me, and don't worry about a thing. That was it. That was it. Surprise. It's like Jesus showed up in a dream and he said, I'm about to change your life. I'm going to take whatever dream. You know, when you're 15, you got ideas, right? This is what I'm going to do with my life. This is what I want to do. These are my hopes. These are my dreams. Look, in one night, all that changed for me. Surprise. At that, at that point, I never wanted to do anything else. Does that make sense? I never, I never wanted to be anything else, never wanted to, to pursue anything else. It was just like from that moment, this is it. God says, this is what I want you to do. And that's just what I've tried to do ever since. Surprise. Understand that Jesus Christ reserves the right to change your life in any way he chooses at any time. Can you accept that? There's a reason we call him Lord. Because he really is Lord. He reserves the right to have full control of your life. He can change anything about you, any direction you take, any of that. He can do it at any time for his purpose. He is the Lord. 
surprise. So me faith, you faith, and surprise faith. I'm going to end it like this today. Two questions. First, is this you? So is it you? And it could be you on the, on the me faith thing. You, you're concerned about me and God. And, and if that's you, I want you to respond to him today. Could be the you faith thing. You could be, someone could be in your mind, in your heart right now. You need to intercede for them. You need to pray for them. You need to do that every single day. And if God's done that for you, or if he brings that to you in the very near future, you, you just respond to that. Or it could be surprise faith. And I love surprise faith because you didn't start this day thinking about it, but he's done it. He brings it into your mind. He puts it into your heart. I'm just telling you, when he does that, say yes. Say yes. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. I'm going to lead in a prayer. Uh, there's going to be some music playing, and I just want to give you time to respond. Okay? You just, just stand there with your heads bowed and, and your eyes closed, and just it's just for you to respond to God, to the things that he's put in your mind or in your heart. So stand with me for this prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. And you give us these wonderful examples of people that are sick, that come to you for help, of people who, who come to you and, and call out for others. And even a, an example of someone who's not calling out at all, you just go find them. So thank you. And I ask, Lord, that today, for those that are here, Lord, whatever you have stirred in their mind, whatever you've stirred in their heart, that they might say yes to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you, um, you want to talk to someone today, I'm around. We have others that can talk as well.